Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome. You're listening to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest, your hermitage of the heart, your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints and the long-standing, beautiful, glorious tradition of the church to understand how we can navigate this challenging life. And today we're talking about how to navigate the challenging reality of diocesan priesthood, challenging, glorious, beautiful amazing we love our priests <laughs> yes we love our priests yeah. one of one of my dear friends um she uses the combination of brutal and beautiful together mm -hmm. and so you could describe it as brutal <laughs> <laughs> right right <laughs> and we're joined today um by father john barrier he's a diocese he's a priest of the diocese of peoria and he uh, oversees two parishes, St. Joseph of Broomfield and St. James of Williamsfield. So shout out to parishioners in both their parishes. You're very blessed, in our opinion, to have uh, Father John. And then uh, Dr. Joseph Holcraft, who is the director of our High Calling Priestly Formation Program, where we help men prepare for seminary to discern the priesthood. And we also do priestly formation uh, for those who will direct uh, seminarians. And then uh, Dr. Joseph, um, a new part of our program, which is so exciting to me, is at the Mount. Tell, tell our listeners about what we're doing at that seminary. Yeah, so we are providing some didactic content, some teaching content for the first year seminarians there, um, up there at Mount St. Mary's, Emmitsburg, Maryland. Um, some of our professors, Dr. John Bergsma, uh, Dr. Nguyen, um, just you know, our, all of our five-star professors are are uh, forming these men in the area of, of sacred scripture and the interior life. And it's just a beautiful opportunity to engage um, more dioceses, but more specifically uh, the men in those dioceses who have been accepted in seminary and they are seminarians. So uh, it's just providing us uh, more opportunity uh, to speak to the interior life. And as we've been talking about, it's foundation to, to discern well. You know, Joe, um, I think what distinguishes us, and in, in not in a competitive way, but just what our emphasis is, is we believe that at the heart of a healthy priesthood is a, a man who has a healthy and beautiful and powerful relationship with the Lord. And so our emphasis is on, of course, all the, the practicals, but the interior life is first and foremost what we're concerned with because if a guy gets jesus right in his relationship with jesus right he can weather any storm and if he doesn't he can't weather any storm you yeah. know uh so i i see father barrier is shaking his head what are your thoughts on that father barrier in my third year in seminary i was at uh in philadelphia and my mom called and uh, well she called and i said mom is everything okay it was in the middle of the week and uh, she said, yes, but I have a question for you. I said, what is it, mom? She says to me, are you falling in love with Jesus? Mm -hmm. And I paused and I thought about it. And I said, mom, I think I am. 
<laughs> especially when I'm in the chapel and I look at the tabernacle and I think, Jesus, do you want me? And, and I am falling in love with the mom. And ever since that day, every day, including today, I asked myself the same question, am I falling in love with Jesus? Mm -hmm. And so I can't thank my mom enough for giving me that, the one necessary thing. Do, do you spend time at the feet of Jesus every day, falling mm -hmm. in love with him? That's so beautiful. The one thing necessary, right? Unum yeah. es necessarium to be at the feet of our Lord like Mary um, instead of rushing around all the time like Martha, you know, That's which right. is necessary, but it's not the one thing necessary. And so it, it goes back. And by the way, can I just give your mom a virtual hug? What's her name? Eileen. Eileen. Eileen, Eileen I love you. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm hugging you on this, you know, I just thank you for um, giving birth to this beautiful priest. Uh, thank you. Thank you. What a, I think behind um, most of our beautiful priests is an incredible praying mother, a, sure. a woman of prayer. So um, just what a beautiful story. So, uh, you know, Father, as you were talking about this beautiful group of Jesu Caritas that, that you have, um, with, there's six of you together that, that, you know, follow this pattern of supporting one another prayer. And one of the things that after we talked about the mental prayer and the, the importance of the liturgy of the hours is that you mentioned that you spend time together in Eucharistic adoration, truly at the feet of our Lord. And, and as we know, so many of our Catholic brethren do not truly believe in the real presence of the Lord, that, that terrible, um, uh, whatever you call it, the survey that went out and that, that came back and that just made us all ache. You know, it, it just made our hearts ache. Tell us about the power of being in front of our Lord, body, blood, soul, and divinity. What is it that you experience in that? What, how has it shaped your priesthood? What, what is it doing for you? to be in front of our Lord. And I want to add to that. How do you practically protect all of this time that you're giving to prayer? So, but particularly with adoration. I would say um, what happens on a natural level when you lay out on the beach and you get a suntan, your skin changes. Your soul changes when you spend time in front of the exposed blessed sacrament. And you may not understand how it changes, just like you don't understand how you got a tan. But if you dispose yourself, if you give your heart to Jesus, he will change you. I, my prayer is always, please, Jesus, make me a holy priest after your own heart. And that's my, I beg Jesus, because I don't know what to do. I know he's got to, to do it for me and through me. And so that holy hour is so indispensable. Um, this group that invited me into that into their support group about 15 years ago, we just had a conversation and the conversation was, what is the most essential part of our group? The answer was, when we do a holy hour together, hmm. that really binds us together and focuses on our, the real mission of why we're a priest and why we need each other to support each other, to keep going, to persevere. You're right. It's a, it's a tough world we live in, but, um, but that Eucharistic Holy Hour is so important. And our new Bishop 
has had a monstrance made for the diocese and every single parish every week is getting this monstrance wow. so that every parish is undergoing for the next two years eucharistic adoration together oh, that's it's amazing beautiful. yeah yeah it's beautiful and I, I just think it's so important for people to understand because i think so often we we see signups for adoration and and folks going and if, if for an outsider, you go in there and everybody's just kind of sitting in front of this beautiful gold thing, you know, and, and it's holding a piece of bread. What is, you know, what's going on? But the supernatural reality is the Lord is, he is loving his people that are sitting there to adore at his feet, right? I, I, I have to add this, and it, it was just really an extraordinary grace that I received when we were on pilgrimage to Spain just recently. And we would go into these beautiful cathedrals, and a lot of our community was with us. Apostolivia. Apostolivia community. And so, and, and they really get Unimus Necessarium because that is our motto. Uh, that is our call for, for the charism of Apostolivia. And so we would go into these cathedrals, and I, I would just feel this tug of my heart. And, and it would happen, and it happened again. And then, then I would go and find the Lord and I would kneel. And, and then I was out um, walking around with Dan. We came around a little church and my eyes immediately went to this little sentence that was, uh, you know, almost indescript on that list of schedule. And it said Eucharistic adoration today. Right. So we go in to adoration and I sent out a text through telegram. I said, everybody, we found Eucharistic adoration. We're here. I kid you not, within two minutes, that little chapel was full of our community members that just found yeah. us where we were, came and dropped. And then I realized that this tug of my heart that I kept feeling in every one of the churches was the Lord's call. He was saying, come to me, come be at my feet, come say hello, come let me love you. And, and I think that's what we don't understand, that it is happening imperceptibly to us but he is truly calling his people to be at his feet why not because you know of anything but he just wants to pour himself out on his people so that we can follow his will so wow well said beautiful well we're gonna we're gonna go to a break in a minute what i want to do is is really make sure we get to practicals because uh, father john there's something about you that gives you some pretty strong boundaries, I guess, or, or whatever it is, there's something that says to you, I've got to protect this because this is the protection of my priesthood that a lot of priests maybe don't have naturally. I don't know if it's natural for you or if you had to fight to develop it. But uh, when we get back from the break, I do, I want to focus on you know, what, like, talk to a priest who, I don't know, do you have good protection mechanisms? Do you have a good secretary? Do you have a good scheduler? Do you have a, do you have people who block and tackle other parishioners if they won't leave you alone, you know, <laughs> during these periods? How do you, how do you do this? Because I think that I, I'll just say, I mean, I have a very strong personality, if you mess with my boundaries, it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna break my boundaries. I'm not gonna hurt you or anything, but it, it's not gonna break my boundaries. I'm just super clear every day. This is my mission, this is my mission. 
but I, not all of us have that. I think I'm wired with it in, in some way, and then I'm also very disciplined. But when we get back, I'd like you to just share how you protect all of this. And then I want to go back to your band of your holy band of six and then get any comment from Joe as well. So we'll be right back. The beautiful fact that no suffering is wasted, that all suffering has a purpose and to wrestle with the idea, which is that everything that happens in our lives is either willed or permitted by God. Okay, God, why would you permit these things? I know that you're a good father and you're a loving father. So there's something there. So I, I have to bridge this gap between your permission of my suffering to your love for me as a father. And Uniformity with God's Will, the book by, by St. Alphonsus Liguori bridges that gap. And he explains as only he can, because he's such a hard hitter, the reality that these are all moments of growth, of virtue, of, hey, your legs are weak. You're like a newborn deer. You can't stand on your own. We need to get you to stand on your own. You know, those sorts of things, even even desolation, you know, the day to day kind of the ebbs and flows of the spiritual life. Those things are all permitted for a greater good, whatever that might be. Check out the brand new updated version of Uniformity with God's Will titled Finding Peace in the Storm with commentary by Dan Burke. This is Dan and Stephanie Burke. Welcome back to Divine Intimacy Radio in our part two of Parish Priest Survival Guide. And we're with uh, Father John Barrier from the Diocese of Peoria and Dr. Joseph Holcraft, who heads up our High Calling Priestly uh, Discernment and, and Formation Program. So before the break, Father, we're talking about the uh, boundaries. Like, how do you keep, like, what are the practical things you do to, to protect these important times of prayer and fellowship with other priests? Well, the first thing is to go to bed early and get up early because... Okay. No, nobody really calls you at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. And so that's the most important thing is to have a regular going to bedtime and getting up. Because if you want to spend time with Jesus, um, I think it was, I don't think it was you or Stephanie said, maybe it was Stephanie said, when you die and face the Lord, wouldn't it be great if he said, you always kept your appointment with me every day. <laughs> that's that mental prayer time in the morning where you just can be intimate with the Lord. And also um, if, if only a funeral will keep me from going to my monthly support group. So if I have a funeral that can't be moved off that first Monday um, and then I'll do the funeral because that's the ultimate trump card. But other than that, um, anything else can be moved around. Um, I make that a priority commitment for me, for my support group. But uh, as far as the holy hour, um, you have to have a really good boundary to make sure you get your holy hour in every day because that's the one thing in scripture that Jesus asked for the priest. He said, um, Couldn't, could you not spend one hour with me? Mm. So that's separate from the, the daily mental prayer. That's something separate. We, mm. I'm lucky. I have a church right next door. I can just go over there, and but I still need an appointment. And if somebody calls, 
if it's an emergency and an anointing, that's different. But otherwise, if it's if it can be put off, maybe a couple hours, let's say, well, I already have an appointment. They don't have to know it's with Jesus. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. So you have to have a really good boundary there. And I think Jesus will reward you when you put him number one. So. That's that's really so beautiful, Father. And I think, you know, some people would say, oh, that's just a wasted amount of time, you know. But there is no more beautiful waste of time than to waste it with the Lord, right? right. To, to give him that hour every single day and, and that that's so important to you. And I, I really, I ache when I hear that priests, when we come across a priest that may not pray, that doesn't take advantage of the fact that he's right there right next to them. I would love to have the Lord right next to me all the time where I could just go sit at his feet and say, Lord, I'm struggling with this. Lord, help me with this. Or just, I love you. I love you, you know, and, and help me with my day and help me to love other people like you want me to love them. So, wow. You know, one thing I've, I've had the blessing of leading multiple global organizations. And one of the things I've learned is that there is never, ever, a lack of demand against my capacity ever. Like it's always exceed the demand against my capacity always exceeds my ability to fulfill what people wish I would fulfill for them. So trying to do it, let's say I tried and set aside everything. I couldn't succeed no matter what I would fail. And then if I did that, then I would fail catastrophically because now I'm not praying, I'm falling into sin and all these other things. But one of the things I've learned as a leader is it's actually more important to know what to, to know how to say no than to how to say yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more important to, um, to realize that you have that excessive demand and you just have to be comfortable with, I'm not answering every email, not answering every phone call. I'm going to deal with funerals, anointing of the sick. You know, whatever the whatever, you know, it's different for me as a lay person, but for a for a diocesan priest, there are things you must respond to. But outside of that, do you have a discipline of of just kind of realizing that same thing and therefore having peace, knowing that you will get to what divine providence wants you to get to if you take care of first things first? Yeah, that's a, that's absolutely your prayer, your mass, your your um, holy hour. Uh, if you get all those in, uh, everything else will fall into place. Jesus will line it all up for you, just like you said, Dan. Doctor Holcraft, you know, as you're preparing young men to you know live the life that Father John is living, or you know, in religious life, what's the message, you know? to you from you to guys discerning the priesthood so that because father i you know father john wrote me this like how this all started is father john's dad saw a video of mine and told father john hey you should check this out and and then father john wrote me this just beautiful letter and then i talked with him on the phone i'm like wow this priest is awesome I i want him to be he's infectious i want other priests to hear this but also, I want seminarians to hear it. I want guys who are considering the priesthood to hear it. But what is the advice you have for young men saying, you know what? If I could be like Father John, I'm in. If that's the priesthood, of this, that's diocesan priesthood, I'm in. But it, it just isn't magic. I mean, Father, Father John isn't, isn't a product of just 
you know, chance. He's super deliberate about all this stuff. So anyway, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I think Father John already really spoke into it, and it has been uh, the centerpiece of a lot of my conversations, which is to say that uh, it's about falling in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was uh, such a beautiful uh, truth. It's about, in the end, falling in love with Jesus. And so what I tell the guys is, look, <laughs> all of these men have been in a courtship with another, have courted a young lady and i asked them do they preoccupy your time and they laugh oh of course they do you know so let us take this to your relationship with jesus you know saint Teresa of avila as we know said really prayer is, is calling jesus your friend i challenge the guys with specific things um you know we have 1400 minutes in a day we probably sleep away seven hours which gives us approximately a thousand minutes if you were courting you know a young gal how many minutes would you be courting her with? Would you be thinking about her? Um, transfer that to your courtship with Jesus mm. and, and, and see what happens. Mm. I mean, can we not give 40, 50, 60 more minutes to Jesus? That that formal time, that formal courtship with, with Jesus will then kind of form all of those other informal moments. I think about my relationship with Jackie. You know, talking about guardrails that we put around. We have our date nights, and nothing is going to get in the way of those date nights. <laughs> Talk to our friends and kids. I mean, those are, you know, sacred. So Just nothing's going to get in the way of that. So I tell that to the guys. You know, don't let that interfere. When I look at Father Barry, I see a very happy, joyful man, which, oh, by the way, Father John, you are a signpost for vocations because if there's anything these guys tell me is, the impact that happy, joyful priests have on them. So thank yes. you for your joy because it just, it goes so far with these guys. Um, and I talk about that. I talk about that because joy is a life of grace. Grace and joy actually come from the same Greek root. There's a reason why. So joy is a life of grace. Hmm. The deeper you go in that courtship, the more joy you receive and the more love of God that you're going to um absorb you know father john earlier you're talking about that beautiful analogy of the rays of the sun hitting us and it changes my wife's in dermatology and so she often explains what that you know what's going on so i laugh at that <laughs> yeah, the same thing's going on when we are just beholding our beloved just allowing the grace of god to absorb us and that's the message i i give to the guys to just simplify it and say spend time with the one that you call your beloved or the one you espouse to, and that then opens up ultimately, um, you know, as Pope Benedict would say, uh, new avenues which lead, or new doors which lead to new avenues to the heart. So, and just to give a pathway to some resources on this, because we've hit it so hard and it's so important, uh, it strikes me to remind folks we have uh, the most one of the most popular courses at the Avila Foundation, Avila Institute. I'm teaching now, it's called Foundations of Prayer and Union with God. We teach a truncated version of that to our guys discerning a seminary life uh, or a life in the priesthood. And it's based on a book I wrote called Into the Deep, which we also have a film series of, which is free. Even though it wasn't free to produce, we want to get it out to as many people as possible. It's a five-parter. I think uh, they're half. It's designed for parish use, you know, small group use. You can find all that out at spiritualdirection.com. And, and I, you know, some of our listeners are saying, well, isn't it arrogant for you to tell you know, 
assume that priests don't know how to pray. Well, I'd, I've never yet met a priest who said I learned how to pray in seminary. In fact, they all tell me the opposite. And I've had a, even a religious priest say he'd been religious for 20 years and never knew how to pray until he took the course. So it's no shame. It just It's just a matter of, you know, to figure out, because we're admonishing, you know, spend an hour, get up early and all of that. But it, it may be beyond the imagination of a good man to say, well, okay, yeah, that's all good and well, but I've just never been taught and I don't know how to do this. Pick up into the deep. It's, it's, it, you can read it in an hour. It'll take you a few years to implement it, but that can be a great starting point. Yeah. And I think, you know, at the core of all that, it's not that we're trying to go fix priests. No, we, you know, I, I think about a life of, of without prayer, it's like being a lamp and you're not plugged into the source. Mm -hmm. And we want you to explode with the light of Christ. Yeah. We want, because we know priests like Father John, who they are so plugged in and that they, they carry, change the world they, around them. They carry Christ everywhere. Yeah. That joy, that life of Christ, that mm -hmm. life of grace spreads joy and it heals. It heals just in its presence. And with because the Lord's there, yeah. the Lord is healing his people still, and he desires for his priests to live fully united to him. So that's what we're talking about. It's not about fixing priests. Nor is it's it a about, criticism. And nor is it a criticism. It's like, please, there is so much more. We long for you to have the fullness of what we've been graced to experience, what you, what Father John has experienced, what I know Dr. Uh, Holcraft experiences, and so many of the beautiful people that really take this life of prayer seriously. Let's take this show out and finish it with this one question, I think, Father John. Tell me what parishioners can do to serve their priests better. Those who are listening and who get it and want to help, what, what can they do? Well, um, maybe they can just just encourage the priests that we're so happy that you have a good support group having a good spiritual director is important um you know sending the priest a mass card saying you know hey uh i offered a mass for you mm -hmm. and just to tell just to just tell the priest you know hey uh we we love you we're praying for you and you know for you're my that's my family i like you want to hear your family tell you that they love you hmm. and um so that to pray for you to to uh, encourage you to to do the yesu carriage when, when i go on uh these outings with my support group all oh, my parishioners love to hear that they 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 want they want the priest to be healthy priests hmm. and so that kind of encouragement the joy the the prayers, the masses, thats that really lifts me up. That's the greatest gift they can give me, really. That's beautiful. And become people of prayer themselves to keep yeah. you up, to hold up right. your hands on right. either side. So until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.